Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about investing 101. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by Stonehill Wealth Management and WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Uh, check out the website uh, for both StonehillWealthManagement.com and WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Both are tools to help help you feel better about money in any aspect. Let's get in. This is going to be an investment focused episode. Uh, we're going to cover a few questions around investing and go deep into this first question. But the first question is what impacts investment growth? Which is important, right? Because, you know, I remember when I first got into investments and I was like, ah, well, I wonder what causes an investment to grow. Because it was just a mystery to me. And so this is going way back in time to unpack this question. For the how old was I? For the eighteen-year-old version of me, um, to 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 help walk through, right? And by the way, like the question and the the answer to the question has evolved to me over t- over time um, to a deeper and more simple level. But this is this is how I answer the question today, right? October twenty twenty-three. So, a couple things and or a few things impact your overall investment your overall investment growth, right? The first is like the amount of money that you invest. If you invest $10 and um, and you end up with the same outcome or the same investment, we're going to get the other different factors. But if it's all the other factors are the same and you invest $10, then the person who invests $10 is going to make less than a person that invests $10,000. And the person that invests $10,000 is going to make less than the person that invests $100,000, right? So the amount of money you invest is a, is a big factor uh, in investing. Time horizon, right? How, how long you have to invest, right? That's, that's a, another factor uh, for investment. So h- how long you invest is a, is a, is a big deal. And it's, it's nuanced, but in general... The, the longer you invest, the more money uh, you are going to potentially make, right? This, this assumes, right, because the, 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 the one part where this is right, if you're like, if you're investing at the end of a trend and, you know, the, the trend is maxed out and the trend's reversing in the opposite direction, right, then time works against you, right? Basically, if you're investing in a old and dying idea, um, yeah, then, uh, then it's worse against you. But if you're, and I, and I call investing, investing in immature ideas, right? Ideas that are maturing. If you're investing in an idea that's maturing, then, then time is on your side because um, f- from, 
This is going to be an oversimplification of investments, but if you if you if you look at the investments of the past that were great, you have something like a twenty to twenty five year time horizon for those investments to fully mature, and I'm talking about returns net of inflation, right? Because like you have companies that perpetually grow for seemingly, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. But when you factor in inflation um, as, a, as a factor, right, you really s- sort of have like a 20 to 35 year time horizon, right? Give or, give or take a few years. And so um, um, that's why time horizon is important, right? You, you, you catch that trend early on um, and you can make a ton of money. Um, number three, uh, the it, it's called return on investment, but it's basically uh, capital appreciation, dividends, interest, and or rental income. So let me let me sit on this one for a little bit because this one is the more nuanced and uh, one that a lot of people want to really understand. So let's talk about capital appreciation. And I and I and I'll relate capital appreciation to, uh, to more like mental appreciation, right? So the way an investment starts off, we'll take Apple, for, you know, Apple as an example, right? The iPhone started off as a phone for like tech geeks, right? Or um, the, the the twenty year olds in Silicon Valley that um, were like that love technology. They were the first to embrace like MacBooks and um, and and iPhones, uh, and and so those uh, they appreciated the beauty, the artistic beauty of the phone, the simplicity of the phone, the um, access to all these applications that they were excited about building. They were early to appreciate that in the iPhone. And as they appreciated it more, they spread the message to friends, family, right? And that appreciation spreads to the market. Well, the appreciation manifests itself in, in, in real terms like appreciation of the asset, right? So as, as people began to appreciate Apple more, they bought more iPhones and it corresponds to the stock price. And so capital appreciation, if you think of the market as a mind, uh, as a mindset, as a collective mindset, as that, as the collective mindset begins to appreciate a company or an asset more, you get capital appreciation uh, as well. Uh, dividends, dividends are are are, are typically paid um, later stage in the cycle of an investment where capital appreciation has slowed down. So let's say let's look at Apple for example. You know, as Apple began to, as no as everybody agreed for the most part. It was a consensus that the iPhone was great and dope, like it saturated the market. Then they then they said, "All right, cool. Like we're not growing as much, but we still need to attract investors. So let's let's pay dividends, right? Like we we have and, and don't get me wrong, Apple's still growing like great. Like if you look at three year growth of Apple as a company, it's still above average relative to the S and P five hundred. So it's still growing relatively re- well um, as a, as a as a stock, but um, they have so much money now. They're making so much money. They're not able to reinvest all that money uh, into the company to grow it 
at a impressive rate for investments. And so, so then you have dividends where they say, all right, you know, for example, if a company can, can grow money at 30% a year, 40% a year, there's no need to pay dividends because an investor saying, nah, just keep the money because <laughs> investing it, you know, if you're investing it back into the company and making 30 or 40% a year, that's, it's going to be hard for me to find something to do that, um, uh, with the track record that you have, Apple, so just reinvest it and do it, and I'm I'm fine with that. But once that slows down, then the dividends pay, so that me as an investor can take to, can take that income and reinvest it either back into Apple on my own or other investments that I want to invest in that can grow at a potential higher rate. So that's what a dividend does. A dividend and and dividends are factored into the overall return of your investment, right? So if if it if it grows at ten percent a year and pays a dividend at four at four percent a year, then as the time period expands, right, you'll see the return of the stock do something like fourteen percent a year because it's it's going to factor in the dividend uh, that's paid. Um, interest, right? Interest is uh, going to be for things like fixed income investments, like bonds. And so uh, bonds have some capital appreciation uh, um, based on like the movement of interest rates. And so as interest rates go down uh, relative to the bonds you own, that makes the bonds you own more valuable because they're paying a higher interest rate. Vice versa, if if interest rates go up and the bonds you own uh, are paying a lower interest rate than, than, than the new interest rates, then the appreciation of your investment goes down because people can just buy a new bond and get a higher interest rate. So um, that's capital depreciation in that example. But capital appreciation is one factor of a bond, but then interest is the other factor. So stocks pay dividends, bonds pay interest. And interest are is the interest is the fixed payment that was promised to bondholders uh, when you bought. So it's so it's like a set interest rate. So if you see a bond um, it's like the reverse of a loan, right? You 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 borrow money, you pay a fixed interest rate for your mortgage, right? The other side of that is a investor who who owns the mortgage, right, or who owns a fixed income instrument, and so they're collecting the interest. So if you if if you're investing in mortgages and the mortgage that you invest in is pays seven eight percent interest a year, then you get that eight percent interest, you know, every year for thirty years, um, as long as the borrower pays. Right, but the but the uh, the the value of that mortgage will fluctuate based on interest rates. So if if mortgage rates go to twelve percent, then investors really no longer want to buy the mortgage you own because it's only paying eight percent. They're going to go just invest a new mortgage, just paying twelve for thirty years. Longer time period, higher interest rate. Right, but if 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 mortgages drop to four percent. And you, the one you own is eight percent, right? Then there's going to be all kinds of calculations, right? Because then an, an investor has to calculate, well, how much time do you have left on your eight percent mortgage, right? If it's a year left, yeah, not so attractive. Then 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 the four percent for thirty years. Um, but if it's early on into the, um, basically, I don't want to go too finance nerd on you, but there's like math that you do to figure out the present value of those future cash flows and that attracts the appreciation or depreciation part of a of, of a loan um, but the interest rate is what you get guaranteed 
and that and that factors into your overall return uh, for your bond. And then rental income, that's going to be how much money you get uh, you get from from rent, right? And that and that factors into the overall value of a of a property. Um, and th- this is why like different areas um, have different um, values for the properties because some areas have attract higher income. Uh, renters, higher income people that need a place to live, right? Whether it's rent or buy, and so that's reflected in uh, the value of it. If you're in a, if you're like in a desired place, then you can charge more for rent because people want to live there, right? If you're in a less desirable place, um, then not so much. So that that's a that's a big factor of investment return. Number four, compounding, right? This is a big one. Because compounding is the one where uh, impatient investors miss out on compounding because they're they're wanting to hit the big returns uh, early on, right? So compounding and time, the time component, sort of go together because really compounding affects all components because it also affects it also affects the amount, and so. If you start by investing, you know, $1,000 and your $1,000 earns 10%, well, that 1000 bucks might earn 100 bucks, right? You might go, oh, that wasn't super impressive in a year, right? But over time, that money adds up, right? Maybe money you add to it adds up as well. And that, that $1,000 might become $10,000. And then $10,000, when it earns 10%, that's 1000 bucks, right? So in a in a year, you earn the whole investment of your original investment at just ten percent, right? The 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 amount that the percentage you earned didn't really change, right? So I call it the energy applied to it didn't change, but it was magnified because of the amount, right? And then a hundred thousand at ten percent earns ten thousand dollars, right? A million at ten percent earns a hundred thousand dollars. And so like compounding is where the real magic is in investing because it it makes life as an investor so much easier the the longer time you have in the investment assuming you're compounding at a um, at a decent rate i mean even look at a million look at a million dollars even at a 5% rate a million bucks at 5% is still $50,000 right that's that's your original investment for a thousand bucks that's like 50 times more than your original investment just for having a million bucks. And so compounding uh, is huge because you're earning money, not just on what your original investment was, but also on all the accumulated earnings, right? I think of compounding like like, like building a company uh, or building a city, right? Let's call it building a city. If, if you start by yourself and you build yourself a home, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's just you and your family living there, that's cool, decent quality of life. But if you can attract an entire city, an entire population to build around you and offer good services and homes, um, that makes for an even better quality of life because of, because of the compounding effect of people you attract. And so like compounding is like the attract is like, uh, um, yeah, I mean the magic in investing. So, uh. Steve's doing some calculations, right? So Steve did, Steve says, then if you do a million dollars invested at 5% over 20 years, you end up with 
uh, 2.6 million dollars, right? So, so, so compounding is like the magic that attracts more and more people to the city, right? It's momentum in action and investing. Diversification, right? Diversification is a component that affects investment returns and is more of a risk management component. And diversification is nuanced, right? Because diversification can, like, you can own one asset, but it's like Apple, for example, but Apple be diversified in the products that it offers, or you can own multiple companies in that industry, right? Or you can own lots of companies in multiple industries, or you and you can own all those plus multiple industries in different countries, right? So diversification is um, is for risk management, and the and the there's different ways to diversify, right? So so like the way to diversify when you're trying to make a lot of money is you want to say, all right, I want to find as many concentrated investments. So as many apples in this example that I can find that can grow my money at 30% a year, right? It's it's going to be hard to find like a bunch of those, right? Um, I don't want to put a number on it, but you're probably going to be tough to find a hundred apples that are going to grow at 30% a year, right? But maybe you could find five or seven, 10 if you're really good you only need to find one to to get rich but if you want to diversify and which which manages your risk you know shooting for four to five is great you know four to five different uh, investments that can grow at 30 percent a year um takes concentration focus and you will be an investment genius if you can do that but it, it also provides for um, um, a way to not have all your eggs in one basket, right? And I'm, and I'll, I'll hit this in a later point around like a question around how to hit home runs. But diversification is a risk management um, tool. Market conditions. Um, when I, when I say market conditions and how they affect returns, market conditions are going to be uh, things like interest rates, things like inflation. Um, for the things like um, market, the, the the mindset of the market, right? These are the these are the bigger factors in the market that uh, affect the return, and and market conditions affect investments really in the shorter term, right? Over a decade, they don't uh, they're not going to have as much of a factor, assuming you selected the right investment, um, because um, market conditions are just the I call them like market resistance to where the world is going, right? So let's use a real life example. Let's, you know, if uh, we'll we'll stick on our theme for Apple, right? It's a yeah. I'll pick a different one. Let's pick Tesla, right? And Tesla's still in the middle of its story. Uh, you know, you look at the fact that um, Elon Musk had a vision over a decade ago that we were going to grow, we were going to go towards. Uh, a, a society that valued clean energy more. And so he took a bet with him and his investors, started a company, and and built it. And so for market conditions were against him for a long time because, right, the, the, the market mindset was resistant to that idea. The, they are today, like everybody's clean energy, everything today, but before they were not. Um, uh, interest rates were, were in favor of, Tesla, so they were money was super cheap, which helped Tesla get off get off the ground. Um, inflation was relatively low, so they those were 
on its side, but the biggest market condition that was against Tesla and was reflected in the lower valuation was the market mindset, right? Now you fast forward to today, interest rates are higher, inflation is a lot higher, but the market conditions have have caught up to believing in a clean energy future and other market conditions are like cost. Tesla's costs have come down to a level to where it's comparable to buying a regular car, right? Not not just on the manufacturing cost of the car, but just the all-in cost factor and then oil changes and filling it up with gas. Like it's there on par and it's on trend to be cheaper. And so those are favorable market conditions for Tesla despite higher interest rates and higher inflation, which is as an investment standpoint, I'm like, cool, I'm comfortable owning Tesla personally for the next decade because because there's big market conditions in its favor um, despite inflation and interest rates. Meaning like the way that I look at it is can the company still grow at a rate significantly above inflation and interest expectations over the next decade? Yes, because the level of people that own a Tesla that will own a Tesla is super small, right? It's not it's not at iPhone levels, right? And uh, people are realizing and waking up to that. And it's a cheaper overall thing to 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 um, to do. And so it's just it's just at this point like logical, right? The 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 logic of the mind of the market is it makes sense. And so like it's a it's a really good bet in my from my perspective. Um, the seventh. Seventh, uh, we'll skip this next one because I talked about risk management. We'll go to the next question. How do I hit a home run uh, in investing? So the best way to hit a home run in investing and a home run meaning you make a, let's, let's define it. You, you maybe get 10 times what you invest into the investment over a period of time. That may be considered a good home run, right? Ten At a, at a minimum, uh, 10 times what you invest in. So the, the the way you get a home run, and I'm going to use this example that I see, it's a, it, a there's there's a uh, ongoing social media debate around like dating, right? And you got men saying one thing, women saying the other thing. Uh, and I don't weigh in because I'm not single, I'm married. It's not, it's not my fight, but I think it's a good analogy to understand this, right? The debate is, uh, you know, um, some... Some women won't go on a date with men um, uh, if they take them to a certain restaurant, right? Like a Applebee's or a, I saw one that said like a, a, a Cheesecake Factory, which I was like, dang, man. To me, when I was like single, Cheesecake Factory was like high level eating personally, right? So I was like, dang, man, I wouldn't have had a, I wouldn't have had a shot with some of these, <laughs> you know, some of these <laughs> ladies back in the day. Right. You know, in the in in the men, their head trashes, you know, like like what, you know, uh, what are you going to do for me? Like, you know, uh, what do you bring to the table? Right. Both of them is head trash um, from 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 people that are working through uh, finding love, uh, looking for it externally instead of realizing it's internally. And that's a whole conversation. But I think the core, the, the, the parallel is um, if if you're investing in something wor- worthwhile, Right. If 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 you're a if you're somebody and you're saying, hey, here's my standard of what I want and you want and you want that standard to be here presently, like meaning you don't you don't want a time gap. You want it and you want it and you want it now. Um, 
I'm I'm trying to go practical and not super spiritual on it. But the practical thing is that's that's just that's going to be more difficult than what you think because everybody wants that thing. You know what I mean? Meaning like if I'm I'm I'll pick I'll pick the perspective of um of uh the app the 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 the, uh, the person who won't date somebody who won't take them to uh um, you know what, what was the place I said again? Not Panera Bread, Cheesecake Factory, right? Um, the 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 guys that I know that can afford to uh, take women out to you know True Lux or very expensive meals. I mean, they have lots of options as it, when they're single now, and so like uh, um, and and one of the things that's attractive to those guys are. Uh, the ability to to love outside of the financial means, right? And so, so that statement automatically repels the person from the conversation because uh, because they can do it, but if that's the standard, right, then you move you move away from the line. And it's weird, right? Because you go, but the person really wants it, and it's reasonable to not want to go there. But it's like, but it's it's, it's not it's, it's the fact that you won't that discounts you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like if you you know. Uh, if you were if if you were willing to and you could still have a good time there, then I know that you can ride through the ups and downs, right? The, the, to switch it and give it a balanced perspective, you know, for the for the men that that are looking for, uh, um, uh, you know, that are saying, "What can you do for me?" Well, that you know, then you then that's not a that's not a loving statement, right? Because love is unconditional. Love is more like I'm enough because, right? That it's there, there's no justification in love, right? Love is you love somebody because you are love, because you can't help to be love, because you can't help to love because you are love, right? And so I'm giving you that example, and I'm relating it to investing is because if you want to hit a home run, you have to be invested in something that you fully believe in, and that even though it's relatively immature today you you see where it's going you believe in it you commit your capital and you allow it time to mature right i think that's what i was looking to get to is um uh, the biggest returns in investments just like the biggest returns in life comes from uh riding out riding with the investment through its immature phase to its mature phase and loving it all the way Right, appreciating it all the way. Because if you appreciate it all the way mentally, then you realize the appreciation in real life of your money, right? And um, so that applies to investing in every aspect of life. Uh, last last question we'll get to: What are some non-traditional investment opportunities uh, I see in the marketplace? And I mean, it's investing in music rights. I. I I don't have the if you can google it it was a Yahoo Finance article but it's investing in music rights there's already a company called I believe it's called Public uh, and it's allowing um, individual investors to invest in the music rights of artists right it's, it's probably why it's it makes sense when I read it because I was wondering why all these uh, private equity folks are getting into owning music rights and they've been doing it for a while but they were like being aggressive but when you think of like fractional shares and uh, being available in crypto, being basically meaning you can take an asset worth a billion dollars and break it up into a million shares and then sell it to 
uh, individual investors. Um, that makes it more valuable because more people can own it. Uh, and it gives an asset class to individual investors they previously didn't have, right? So that's that's happening, uh, not a future thing. It's happening right now, right? And so that if you're a music lover and you are up to date on the immature uh, musicians that the market doesn't fully appreciate, right? You can appreciate them to profits, right, uh, now because it's happening early. Podcast content ownership, same thing. Uh, super early into this, right? Being able to invest into podcast ownership because a lot of, this is what I'm finding. The artists that are, the the podcast creators that are the most creative in creating podcasts, attracting attention, um, at the current time, they don't have the money, right? So if you have money and you love con- and you love podcasts, right, you can be the money aspect that can help them expand their brand and be appreciated by the market and get that appreciation, um, another a few other ones turning office space that's uh, depreciating in value into multifamily into living places, right? That's going to happen um, from my perspective. Crypto lending, if you had a, if you have crypto sitting over here that you've been hodling, that's what we call it hodling. H O D L I N G. I spelled that purposely uh, right. Um, hodling, right? They're gonna people are gonna want to borrow crypto over the next decade. Uh, women's sports teams, leagues, and other businesses that support it, uh, gaming teams, yoga and meditation studios, uh, yoga and meditation studios and retreat centers, those are going to be big um, from from my perspective. And, so, and these are non-traditional, which means they're immature, which means they have a lot of appreciation potential as the market fully begins to appreciate them. So hope this helps with your investment journey. Until next week, talk to you later. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.